contagion across the nation. Pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review. Made by the fans, for the fans. Cajun Nation, Matt Miguez here. Welcome into another edition of Ragin' Review. Man About Town is here with me. He'll join us in a second. There's plenty to talk about tonight, including a State of the Union on Ragin' Review, the SEC's decision to play conference-only games, and how that affects Louisiana. Tommy McClellan and Louisiana Tech still suck, and we're going to talk a whole lot of basketball tonight. Man About Town, like I said, is here with me. Matt, how you doing? Ready to spit some fire, buddy. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay, so like I said, State of the Union on Rage and Review. I started this podcast in May of 2018, and two years later, it has grown farther than my wildest dreams. I recorded the first episode on my iPhone with a pair of iPhone headphones, and we are now sitting here. I, I will post a picture to the Twitter feed. We have two computers two professional-grade microphones, and a professional-grade mixing board. Because of you guys. Yeah, couldn't have done it without Cajun Nation. Um, you guys' love and support has definitely pushed us to you know, all kinds of new heights, so thank you from the bottom of our hearts for that. Um, you know, J- Matt, you know you wanted to talk about some uh, some thanks to the, to the potential new sponsors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh- been in negotiations with uh, eight to ten local businesses, local heroes, that's how I call them. Uh, we've got two that signed on the dotted line to sponsor this podcast. We've got uh, a third that is committed yet to sign, but uh, probably be on board on Monday. And uh, we're in negotiation with the rest of these guys and trying to find something that really fits their needs, and we're going to do them a great job. But I-, I thought it was important to highlight that because people have taken note and they've noticed uh, – the growth and uh, that they've noticed that this podcast can be something special and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it and I appreciate it. Uh, Matt Miguez let me be here and, and help out. So we're just trying to put together a good product for you guys and we're going to continue to do that. We're committed to doing that um, as you all can see. Uh, and that's it. I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we want to, before we dive deep into the latest news of the Rage of Cajuns, we want to take a moment to share some somber news with you and I know that uh, the man about town is going to do that as well. Man, thanks for the opportunity to talk about somebody who means a whole lot to me. Uh, Miss Donna Ebear, well, Miss Donna Ozan, uh, Donna Ebear to me, wife of Lou Ebear, who most of us know, and if you don't, he coached under Stokes for a very long time and well-known around the complex, excellent human being. Donna passed away this last week. You know, tough, tough. Excellent human being. If you never heard who she was, that's not surprising because she was a, a very humble, kind human being. In fact, her, in her obituary, you know, the, the last line reads, in lieu of flowers, the family requests donations in the name of Donna Teresa Ozan to be made to the U.L. Athletic Association. That's the kind of person she was. And, um, you know, this is UL-related, and I, I'm happy to say it, and I appreciate Lou allowing me to honor her on this podcast. But, uh, you know, she was, she was so much more than UL, uh, a UL fan. Even though she was at every game and she was a superstar and a staunch defender of the Cajuns, uh, she was at every basketball game, women's, men's. You know, if she, if she was available, she's at the volleyball games. She also played volleyball for USL. A great human being. She treated my kids like her own. She treated my family like her own, and I'll never forget that. Graduated from USL in 1981 with honors. Was one of the very first female offshore oil rig operators. That's something, boys. Uh, I've been in the oil field a long time. That's something. I'm just going to read a, a snippet from the official obituary and uh, and then we'll move on but she needs to be honored and she needs to be known to our audience Miss Ozan was a native of Opelousas, Louisiana a former resident of Missouri City, Texas for 18 years and just two years ago retired in Arnoldville Donna was a graduate, a graduate of USL 
as one of the first female petroleum engineers to manage an offshore rig. She had a long and successful career with Unical and Chevron, having retired just the two years like I mentioned. She was an avid Cajun supporter, and she loved to tailgate. Donna is survived by her loving husband, Lou, who still resides in Arneville, her father, Dudley Ozan of Opelousas, her mother, Patricia Levine Ozan of Lottel, two brothers, Dennis Ozan, another fine human being, and his wife, Randy and Jude Ozan, and his wife, Gwen, all of Houston, who I was able to meet, and they were also fine people. Just a wonderful family. She has two sisters, Ann Atkins and her husband, Rusty Lawtell, Deborah Williams and her husband, Ron, of Humble, Texas. She also leaves behind many nieces, nephews, family, cousins, and friends who will miss her dearly. And I can tell you right now, I'll miss her. My kids will miss her. She was a wonderful person. I always loved seeing Miss Donna kiss on the cheek, sit right down next to her and watch ball games with her. A kind soul. That was a superstar for us and for the world, and I'm going to miss her. Yeah, uh, you know, Matt, I I had the, the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times at, you know, some, some football watch parties at Pete's and, you know, didn't even know me. But she acted like we had known each other for years. Uh, phenomenal woman. Uh, I'm, I'm even in the even in the short time that I knew her. I'm eternally grateful that I got to know her and got to have a friendship with her and Coach Lou as well. Um, so yeah, Miss Donna, we're we're gonna miss you. And Rest in power, Miss Donna. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. So moving on to some more lighthearted news, the SEC has decided today that they will play conference only in terms of football, meaning that the Cajuns do not get their November 21st game against the University of Missouri in Columbia. Man about town, you know, I kind of want to start by asking you, how do you feel about this decision and how does it affect the Cajuns from a revenue standpoint? Well, you know, from a revenue standpoint, it's a killer, obviously. I mean, $1.3 million is not small potatoes for us or anybody else in the Sun Belt. But, uh, you know, it's more of like a gut punch. When we've assembled such a great team and such a deep roster, uh, th- this is no knock on Stokes or anybody that came before him. But it, Billy Napier has totally transformed this roster. He's totally transformed the way that we play football here. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing. I, you know, everybody down here needed – a big win. You know, A&M was a long time ago, and we really thought that the Missouri game was an opportunity to take one. Uh, it, it's tough, man. I, I understand all the reasoning behind it. It, it's, it doesn't make it any easier to swallow, but, you know, at the same time, if I'm the SEC, what do I have to lose? I'm getting rid of the out-of-conference games. I'm, I'm going to focus on, you know, what is the best, I mean, it is the most elite conference in the country. And, uh, you know, Crystal Day on the board, actually brought up the point, is, is this going to be something that stays? Is, is this going to be an indefinite uh, push towards playing conference games? And honestly, that, that might happen. Uh, this might be a trial run. So, you know, for the G5, it's uh, it's troubled waters. There's troubling waters. You, you never know what's going to come out of this. But uh, from a Cajun standpoint, I hate losing the game with Missouri. I, I was looking forward to that, and I thought that that might, that might have been the marquee moment for Billy and his staff. And you know, Lafayette looking for a reason to explode about football. So it's tough. It's tough. You know, we, we talked about the revenue thing, and I, you know, I'm gonna tell you this. I was thinking about it earlier today. With Maggard's relationship to the University of Missouri, having spent the previous I don't know four or five years of his his working career there, I believe that we will see some sort of compensation. How much? When I don't know. You know, my initial thought was that those relationships should come in handy, obviously, right? Right. Um, but when it's a conference effort, those guys, you know, their hands are tied. Unfortunately, there's really not much that their leadership can do. It, you know, maybe one kind of agreement in the back room could be, hey, you know, let's do a home and home. 
Let's do a home and home a couple years down the road. Let's. Uh, how, how about you send your basketball team down to Lafayette and let us get a get a shot? You know, because of the relationship, I think that maybe something good comes out of it. Um, might not be for a couple of years, but you have to believe that Maggard is the type of guy that keeps relationships and understands that he can benefit from this type of a situation. Again, it's crushing not to play that game. And you never know, but at the same time, I we better sue. I'm suing. $1.3 million, not small potatoes, part of the revenue. But, but think about it from a relationship standpoint. You, you act that relationship with the University of Missouri if you pursue legal action. That's a good point. Is it worth it? It depends I mean, on don't, don't don't the $1.3 million to an athletic budget like ours is detrimental. 100% agree. Especially now. But those relation is that truly worth it? I think the 4D chess move is avoid litigation, but get something under the table. Let's get a home and home. Let's play basketball. Let's do something. Uh, I, if, if, I, if I know Maggard like I think I may... That's his angle, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if the leadership over at Missouri are not willing to play ball, put the screws to him, and we're suing him. Yep. So one or the other. 100%. Dr. Maggard, we know you're a listener, so we just gave you your your, your legal advice on, on that topic. Yes, and happy late birthday, Doc. Yeah, happy belated to, to our athletic director, Dr. Maggard. Okay, let's switch to a fun topic that we've kind of talked about over the last couple of weeks. You know, now that we have an open date on November 21st, there is another school in Louisiana that has an open date on the 21st as well. And, of course, we're talking about Louisiana Tech. But for some unknown reason, Tommy Boy, as I like to call him, the athletic director Tommy McClellan, doesn't want anything to do with us. Hashtag separation. A couple weeks ago, he he was asked about, this was back when conference realignment was a topic, he was asked about Louisiana moving into Conference USA. And this. Yeah, for those that have not heard his comments and you are We've got looking right for a here. reason to be pissed off. Let me just be very frank and very direct. There is no conversation at Conference USA, nor is there any interest. And uh, I think that's a, I don't know how direct I can be uh, with that. I think if I were in Lafayette's position, I'd be trying to figure out a way to move up to a level like uh, Conference USA. Uh, and so... You know, congratulations on that conversation. But I think for us, you know, you know, you, you've got to understand uh, if if we were if if we all of a sudden decided there was going to be a membership expansion in Conference USA, I think there would be numerous individuals from that league that would be interested in joining and paying the premium that we all paid to be in this league. And so I think there would be individuals that would be interested in that. If, if their league expanded, and I don't think there would be anybody at all. Stop, stop the tape, stop the tape. So many things wrong with his statement. I mean, guy is such a <laughs> jackass. My God. Move up to Kusa standard? What? Okay, in, in case you haven't seen oh it, I know this has nothing to do with conference, but Athlon Sports released their top 130 the other day. Louisiana <laughs> comes in. At 41 in the country. Take a gander where old La Neck is. What's 83. It? I mean, you're knocking on three digits there. <laughs> and then the clown calls us Lafayette. Of course he meant to do that. Of course he did. Such a clown. Dude. You know, it makes you really sit back and love a guy like Brian Maggard, who's classy and would never say anything stupid like that. So... But you know, th- these people forget that they literally... So, a third of their athletic budget come from the good people of Louisiana. You and me and every other taxpaying worker in the state pays their athletic budget. You know, if it wasn't for the the good people of Louisiana, a senile Terry Bradshaw, and Carl Malone playing in the worst Western Conference in the history of, of the NBA, they would have no money. They are so unaware, uh, these people, and it's not just McClellan, who is the king of the idiots, but these people, are, they have absolutely no idea where their place is in collegiate sports. They think they're like a top 30 program. It's unbelievable. But the guy won't schedule us, and I'm telling you, 
It's November 21st, right? Is the open date? Correct. November 21st should happen. It should happen. It's not going to happen because chicken shit McClellan is not going to schedule us. He's got too much to lose. He knows that Napier is going to whip tail all over the, the, the IA. We'll go to IA Stadium, whatever. It's shorter than going to Mizzou. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the three-hour trip. Let's play Let's play. Stop dodging us, man. You got an opportunity right here, right now. You want to show some separation? Schedule us. Put them on the schedule. Yeah, why Why is Tech scared of us? They're terrified. That's the question that I want to know. It's because they, they maintain are, this are, strange... Are, are they scared we're going to run them out of the building and they, hurt their little ego? They have this strange idea of what separation actually is, and I would love to see Billy Napier go up there and show them what separation actually looks like because the Sun Belt is actually separating from Kusa. And listen... Far be it from me to debate Sunbelt and Kusa importance in the in the grand, uh, the greater landscape of collegiate athletics. Listen, I, I'm no Sunbelt apologist. All right, we just did an episode destroying the Sunbelt last week. But you're going to sit here and tell me that Kusa is such an elite level of football and baseball and basketball? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! This guy, Tommy McClellan, what a clown! What a clown! Hey. Open invitation to Tommy McClellan to come on the Razor Review podcast and tell us why we're wrong about him. Oh, 100%. But he won't, because he's chicken. Same reason he won't schedule, same reason he won't have a conversation. Guy's a clown. I, I think I've made that clear. So, yeah. I but, but as far as the, uh, you know, as far as the, 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 the possibility of it happening, we had two open dates. Kusa might actually drive the bus on that and say, we're not going to play out-of-conference games. Which would be such a great excuse for old Tommy. Um, but at the same time, you really couldn't blame him because if his conference is doing it, you know, that elite conference, uh, then he can't do it either. But listen, for the state of Louisiana, for, I mean, think about local dollars. You know, we talk about buying local all the time. Let's keep some money within the state. Let's, let's, let's do something that's going to really excite the fan bases. I understand we might not be able to show up to the game. But, I mean, imagine the, the TV ratings. I mean... You can go out and sell that. That's a commodity. You know, ratings drive sports. They drive lots of things in this day and age. Let's play. Let's put the egos aside. Kusa is not on the way up. It's the opposite. The only the only good thing I've seen come out of Tech in recent history is is Tanner Spearman. He's the underdog dynasty writer for Louisiana Tech. So, you know, Cajun Nation, if you ever want to read about Louisiana Tech, I don't know why you would. But if you do, Tanner's an excellent guy. Um, he's a great writer, so check him out. Shout out to you, T. Spear. Okay, moving on. Sunbelt Conference more than likely now, the G5 as a whole more than likely now is faced with going to a conference-only schedule. If that is the case, Matt, Man About Town cracking up, open a Truly right there. You see, Matt's going to bust my balls about Trulys, but let me tell you all something out there. It's not unmanly to drink a Truly. Yes, if is. you hate hangovers... Truly is your drink of choice. Anyway. Okay, so Truly sponsor us now. But anyways. Hey, I should make a call. So, Cajuns, if, if hypothetically speaking, the Cajuns play a conference-only schedule, in your mind, 0 to 100, what are the chances the Cajuns run the table? And is that enough to represent the G5 in a New Year's Six Bowl? Several answers. Um, first of all, we don't. I don't know that Keith Gill is in a position to say, you have to stay within conference because we're hemorrhaging money in this league. I think that we need to take the gains that we can take. If a Louisiana Tech is willing to play, which they won't because they're chicken, but if they were, you take the game. Say a Southern Miss reaches out. I know they just lost an SEC game. I'm not sure of the date. But if they reach out, we got to play that game. Uh, we can't be, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. If somebody's willing to play a game, we need to take it. So that's going to be on Keith Gill and, you know, our our distrust in the administration at the Sun Belt is, is documented. But I don't think he's a dumb guy. I think he understands that we gotta, we got to do what we can do to survive as a league. Uh, so, anyway, yet to be seen, but I hope that we still play out-of-conference games. If we do go to conference only, you have to understand that that'll, that it's going to totally – Redefine what a good G5 looks like. If we don't have out-of-conference opponents to uh, compare ourselves to or, you know, 
you know, say a Mizzou, that's a, that's a big win. That's going to end up being a huge win if it were to happen uh, in the context of representing the G5 at a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, one thing we do have going for us in the Sun Belt is that Wake is still going to play App State because the AAC allowed the out-of-conference. If Wake plays App and App beats them, that's going to be huge for the Cajuns because... When we go there, I think September the 7th, October the 7th. October the 7th, and boom. Yeah. When we go to Boone in October, uh, in October, okay, if they have a win under their belt against Wake, they have enough respect, they have enough national, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? Prominence. Prominence, uh, recognition. And then we crush their little hearts. We're going to go up there and whoop their ass like we should have been doing the last two years. You know, the thing about that is that we haven't really had the team to beat them. And that's no knock on our student-athletes. We do now, though. We have the depth now that we didn't have the last two yep. years, and I fully expect to beat them. Anyway, we go up to Boone. We take care of business, okay? That's a, that's a quality win. I'm not sure where they're going to start the season uh, in rankings, but I would assume with Zach Thomas coming back and everything that they can still do that's in front of them, I want to say that they're a senior-laden team. Uh, you beat that team after a win against Wake? Hell, even if they hang strong against Wake, with the elimination of the out-of-conference games and other G5 leagues, I mean, look, that's an opportunity. That's a huge opportunity, and, and I think eyes will be on us. And then, if we run the table, now, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Look, George Southern's going to be better. Shy Wirtz is a baller, dude. He's going yeah, to be absolutely. He's gonna be everything we thought he was going to be as a junior, as a senior, okay? So, there are plenty of landmines in the league. I'm not looking over anybody. I think Troy's going to be better. Georgia Southern, obviously. Uh, I, I, App State's always a formidable foe. I think South is going to be better this year. Uh, they have a lot to play for, and they have a lot going for them. So, you know, I still think we're the best team in the league, top to bottom, pound for pound. I think we're the team to beat. We have two opportunities to take down an App State who's going to still play an, uh, a G5. I'm sorry, a P5 out of conference. If they can take that game, it helps the league. If they can hang in that game, it helps the league. If they lose, eh, different story. But can we represent? I think so. I, I think we can be in a New Year's Six Bowl with all the chaos. It just kind of depends on what happens around us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cajun Nation, it's time for one of your favorite segments, Raging Recruit. Matt, take it away. All right. All right. I wasn't ready, but I'm ready now. Here we go. Uh, one of our own, Mr. Danny Cadona, has opened up a business here in Lafayette. I uh, had the opportunity to speak with him today. Excellent human being. Had a lot of fun meeting him and, and getting to know him a little bit. But uh, I want to tell you a little bit about his business. Uh, he graduated in 2014, played under HUD. He was a, a punter. And I think we all remember him, obviously. He had that awesome, that awesome Aussie accent that we all love. You know, my kids watch Bluey, so they love the Australian accent. TMI. Anyway, uh, he came. This is what happened. He, so he and Hunter Stover were good friends. Hunter brought Danny around a few times too many. Ends up marrying his sister. He then kidnaps her, drags her to Australia, where he holds her hostage for five years. I think she missed Cajun cooking for all that time and probably nagged him to death. They moved back, and now they're back in Cajun country. When they came back, uh, he started looking for work as a chiropractor in, in his practice. Uh, I'm sorry, in his industry. Uh, really wasn't a whole lot going on at the time. So he decided maybe opening up a practice of his own was the right way to go. They took a shot. Uh, as of last week, Cadona Chiropractic and Sports Rehab was born. He opened up in River Ranch. Um, he's been dealing with UL athletes who trust him. He does a variety of things. Uh, you know, he's adept in the field of sports rehab, training, muscle work, technique coaching, stretching routines, and, and really any athletic training of any kind. Uh, when Danny was in Australia, he worked with a plethora of lacrosse, rugby, and soccer teams of all levels. Uh, he's trusted, like I said, by the community, the demographic really doesn't matter, UL athletes across the board, and of course, they're very safe, they follow all COVID guidelines, so you'll feel right at home and you won't have anything to worry about, the guy's 
Very personable, nice guy. Have a conversation with him. He's more than happy to do it. You can contact Danny at Cadona Chiropractic and Sports Rehab. That's the name of the business. They are located at 200. That's 200 BO Drive, Suite 9, B as in boy, 2. You can call him at 337-517-3382-337-517-3382. He has a Facebook and a Twitter page, so if you do the uh, the old social media route, that's it. And uh, you can hit him on the gram at dcadona, C-A-D-O-N-A. You heard so, that, people. The gram. Hit him up on the gram, folks. Danny's a cool guy, and it was awesome to talk to him. And I, I really wanted to highlight his business because they're, you know, any any alumni around here, we want to help, especially now. So, good luck, Danny. We're looking out for you, man. We're gonna we're gonna pump your business when you get the opportunity. Be prepared, Cajun Nation. This is gonna be the time of the show in the future where we're gonna take commercial breaks and thank our sponsors. Um, so, you know, be be ready to to hear about some great local businesses yes, in indeed. the Acadiana area. Moving from the gridiron to the hardwood, men's basketball, Bob Marlin is putting together a nice roster for the 2020 season. Obviously, you know, big returns like Kobe Julian coming back from injury, as well as holding on to um, Cedric Russell coming back for his senior season. Trajan Wesley as well returning as a junior Malik Wilson, former conference, Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year. Chris Finku returns as well. Dury Cadwell comes back from injury. The Dugaroo, Dugay. The Dugaroo. He he returns for his his senior season. But now we'll get into what's important. The transfers and the freshmen. And, and the guys that are going to be off injury. Yeah. You know, I want to start, though, with Theo... Akuba. 6'11", 225. He's going to be a junior, two years of eligibility. From Montgomery, Alabama. Transferred here from Portland University. This kid can play basketball. His interior presence, the, the way he rebounds the ball is, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of, Cajun Nation will love this, he reminds me a lot of Sean Long. Um, he's a he's a Sean Long type basketball player. High praise. Um, Brian, oh God, I think I'm butchering that. Brian Ooh. Ow, I Ow, from uh, originally from Mexico and Ranger College. He's going to be a junior with two years of eligibility. Six four one ninety. You know, a, a guard that can that can space the floor. Um, a good floor general. I think he'll do a lot of good for the Cajuns. Devin Butts as well. Uh, coming from Mississippi State, transfer as well. You know, Man, on another... Al, you're gonna love this. I was able to wrangle an inside oh, source. Really? And Al is gonna be a starter for this team. Really? That's what the projection is. I mean, I, I, I saw his tape. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, like I was saying, Devin Butts, six six, hundred eighty pounds, originally from Macon, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Again, another shooting. Guard kind of reminds me of Cedric Russell, maybe a little bit of Casey Shepard type of player. Um, another big name is Jacoby Jordan. He just came to the roster last week, a six foot seven, two twenty, two hundred and twenty pound junior. Gordon, right? From UC Berkeley. Yeah. So I got some stuff on Gordon. Let me find it. Uh, keep going, but I, I have it right here. Um, you know, he's he's another guy, six foot seven. He he kind of he's kind of got that build of. Of like kind of like a Bryce Washington sort of build, but the interesting thing is, out of high school in Houston at Aspire Academy, he was a four-star recruit. That's right. By Rivals.com. That's right. A four-star Matt programs like Louisiana don't get four-star recruits. No, not traditionally. Uh, especially, I mean, look, it's hard to recruit to the Sun Belt these days. I, I hate to say it, the league has really gone down. Uh, Four stars. You know, we don't hang our hats on four on star rating, but it's obviously high praise. I mean, a guy like that coming into the program, and look, we banged on Bob. I understand that, and I, I you know, one one of the things from last week's episode that I regret the most is that Jay made a comment that I didn't follow up on, and I could kick myself in the ass for not. But 
You know, he made the comment that throw out the first three years of Marlins uh, reign, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it crossed my mind to say, what coach in America would get three years of, of carte blanche? No, doesn't matter. Wins and losses don't matter, right? So I understand the fan base not trusting the direction. I understand... I mean, I'm on record for saying that Bob's not the guy. Having said that, one thing I will recognize is this. He's gone out. He's added a Brock Morris, okay, as it, it, with his coaching staff, obviously. He's added a Justin Crow. These are men within the industry that have reputations. They know what they're doing. I'm behind that. Um, I want to be able to give Bob credit. I don't want to be the, the critic that can't recognize when things are moving in the right direction. And I think, you know, like I said in one of our episodes last year, that relationships were a problem for me with Bob. I didn't feel like the relationships were there. Hiring these men, it, it shows to me that it, relationships maybe are more important than I thought uh, with Bob. These are connected guys in the industry. These are guys that know how to recruit. These are guys that have a track record, right? That's all important. So, without alienating the people that listen, because I don't want to feel like I'm doing a 180 here, but I look at this roster, and I see more than potential. I see, uh, you know, just a few years ago, we won a whole lot of games with transfers and some homegrown guys. When I say homegrown, I mean recruits out of high school. It kind of feels similar, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Talent's there. Absolutely. I think Kobe Julian, outside of two knee injuries, is the best player in the Sun Belt. You're not wrong. Well, no. eh, second best player in the Sun Belt. Best player in the Sun Belt is Malik Wilson. Ooh. Okay, there you go. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say a jive from South, but yes. Uh, so the whole, I went a long way around to say that there's a roster developing here under Bob and these new guys, these new additions that I think people can get behind. I think that you can believe in some of this stuff. The talent is un, it's, it's undeniable. If you've seen film of these guys and you hear anything outside of the program that, that's not you know what you might call bias, a bias uh, comment or, or, or love because they're here, subjective, um, they, we've got something. We've got something. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you this. Matt's even decided maybe I'm going to get my tickets back. Hey, I'll, I'll say this about Malik Wilson. I'll, I'm, I'm going to try to back up why I think he's the best player in the Sun Belt. Okay. Go, and I know that this doesn't relate to the Sun Belt in any way. Go back to his high school days. Dude, his senior year, Ravel, his the state semifinal game, he dropped a quadruple double. A quadruple double. I wonder how many people know that. For those of you who don't know what a quadruple double is, <laughs> it is ten or more in four different categories. I don't care For a what state I don't care what level Did of they ball. Won the game? Yeah, they won the state title. Yeah. I don't care what level of ball you're at. A quadruple double is insane. Quadruple double at Gerard Park is insane. I don't. He may have, and I'm I'm gonna go into a new point here. He may have to go overseas after UL, but mark my words, Malik Wilson will be in the NBA. He will be in shot. the NBA. He's he is my as far as point guards go, and look, Jay Wright was a freak athletically. God he was a freak. But Malik Wilson by the time he graduates might be the most athletic point guard we've and seen you know, since Orion maybe. Jay Wright's still grinding down there in the G League. That's right. As well as Jakeen and Gant. Also just had a birthday. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Jakeen and Gant's grinding in the, in the in the G League. Um, shout out to Casey Shepard, who is now in Germany. Yeah. Playing ball. That's awesome. Uh, Frank Bartley is in Spain. Just Sean, picking up MVPs and stuff. Sean like Long is killing it in Australia. Yeah. And, um, uh, God, drawing a blank on... Still Washington? Other guy. Washington. Mm -hmm. Last I heard, he was in... Israel playing professional ball there. 
So congrats. A lot lot worse places you can be. Speaking of those guys. Speaking of Bryce, you know, I told you that I kind of had a little inside baseball on this this roster and a few things. Um, Everybody remembers that we lost Dory Cadwell very early on in the in this. I don't know if he played a game. He didn't. You know, and we we didn't know what to make of him. We saw we know what we saw on tape, but we didn't really. you get a guy like that to come into the program, you don't have really a, a barometer of what you're, what you're going to get. So we maybe kind of downplayed it when it happened, but he may have been the biggest loss uh, of the year last year. This is one of the messages that I got from my inside guy. He says that Cadwell's going to play a lot despite being 6'5 as a forward. You know, He's not necessarily going to create his own shot, but his basketball IQ is through the roof. This guy says the coaching staff feels like he's the smartest basketball player we've had since Bryce and can't remember a guy before that with the IQ of Cadwell. Wow. Okay. You know, I mean, he's solid defensively. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. These are the kind of people, players, that can make a difference without showing up on the stat sheet. Right. You know, save a ball. Stats stats ain't everything. Make the right pass. Make a good decision. I mean, these are the kind of things that are going to get us over the edge. And I've always said that about our makeup. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things I've said about makeup. But I think that we lack those type of players to do little things but be smart. And and that's why I love Bryce Washington. Bryce Washington, you know, ah, people can say what they want. I mean, the guy was a 1,000-thousand guy. Yeah, no. You know? Dude's a Cajun legend. He's a legend. You know, he wasn't flashy, but he he made the right call. He made the right decision. He was he was around the ball all the time. We 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 lack those type of players, and I'm so glad to hear that. Now, whether it's going to translate onto the floor, we'll see. But it's good to know that we have one of those guys on the roster. You know? Yeah. No. There's there's no question. If if Cadwell's getting related to Bryce Washington. By, yeah. by a guy with a lot of knowledge. Good company. Then, yeah, I, I'm definitely not complaining. Again, like I said, I've watched tape on almost all of these guys, and Cadwell's tape was extremely impressive. So, yeah, definitely a lot of bright points for the men's basketball program. Now, talking about men's basketball, with the COVID, with the COVID-19 pandemic, does the pandemic affect the start date of basketball? I'll say one thing before we move on to the to COVID stuff. One negative thing that I don't like about the makeup of this team is that said supposedly Cedric is still going to take the ball at the point while Malik Wilson, who you mentioned earlier, is going to be the transition point, right? No. Wrong. I don't get that. No, uh, absolutely not. He's not an off-the-ball point. I mean, do we have a point guard or do we not? Malik Wilson needs to be running the show. I think we saw plenty last year, right? In freshman All-American? Some belt conference freshman of the year. Why? why uh, I don't know. And uh, look, they see us. They see those guys in practice. I don't. Uh, maybe there's something there with Cedric. Maybe the injuries have limited him that much. I still want to run him off the ball. I still want to see a screen. I still want to pick shoot. and pop. That's what he does. Cedric's best. a shooter. Let the man shoot the ball. He's going to benefit the team, in my opinion. Shooting the ball, space the floor. Make somebody be honest. Can't sag. He's going to hit shots. Malik Wilson can drive. He can dish. He can do everything. He's athletic. He can defend. Uh, are they? Are they? Are they babying him along? I'm curious about that. That that would be a question I would love to ask Bob. Are we? Are we nursing him to a mature point, or do we love said so much that we're going to let him run the point because that's what he wants to do? No knock on said. I would want to run point too. You know. Well, yeah, that's the superstar. Shit, Dugaru wants to run point. We saw that last year. LeBron James draws the point. I mean, yeah, LeBron's good. But you know what I mean? Like, what does a LeBron James do? Well, I mean, we could talk about that well. for forever, but, you know. But anyway, you know, I mean, that, that's just something that I still don't understand, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Bob's got a grand plan, and I'm not on the Bob train just yet, but I'm not killing him. You know, I, I, I will give him credit. For assembling an assistant staff that seems to be paying dividends, and I wanted to be able to point that out. You know, we're moving in the year 11. 
if the roster continues to 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 well, it's already improved, but if it proves to translate onto the floor, look, fellas, he ain't going nowhere. Marlon's here. We don't have any money. We ain't paying a buyout. He's here. So the best thing we can do is we can support them. And I found some things to support. So let's try that. We'll try that for a while. Yeah, no, I'm totally all for that. So like I like I said, I posed the question to you. So does COVID affect the start date of basketball? In my opinion, no, but I'll let you give your opinion. Well, I think that depends on football. So you see what the Major League Baseball teams, the Marlins are basically quarantined for another week. The you Cardinals know, just got the Cardinals just five got, test. Yeah, so similar to the comment I made about school last week, I, I'll say the same. If the NFL, oh, I'm sorry, if the MLB can't pull off a successful season, if the NBA in the bubble starts to see cases, how the hell does collegiate basketball justify starting their season? Yep. You know, especially in the lower leagues. I can understand how maybe Big Blue has some pull. I can understand how, you know, the Tar Heels have some pull. But I, I struggle to see where these, you know, these smaller schools are able to to do it. I, I don't think they can. I, I, I think that there is a way to pull it off, and I think you have to run it according to the NBA model. If you look at the NBA, man, you, you – so far, so good. Right. No Not positive cases. Right. I mean, granted, they're two days into games that count, but, yeah, but they've been, they've been in the bubble like for three weeks. Three or four weeks, right. And there's no cases. Yeah. None. It, it, it almost seems like it is the only way Players pull it off. Players do classes virtually. Sure. Stay in your dorm room. Go to practice. That's it. In theory, yeah. I think it could work. Thing is, how do you how do you keep a college age kid cooped up just to play basketball? I mean, I know I'm one. I, 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 I hate to say it like this. When you're a college athlete, when you when you're getting paid school, to play, it's, it's you're paid to play. School and ball. That's your life. That's it. I mean, you're getting, you're, you're getting paid to play. You get a stipend. You get a scholarship. You keep you keep your grades up. You play basketball. Sure. That's it. If you don't like that life, don't play. I feel like if you can't sacrifice for two months. Right. If you love the game, if school is not that important to you, you're not in it anyway. Right. Right. It's two months. You know. It, you know. According to Fauci, we we got a vaccine at the end of the year. So. Yeah. Just give us two months. You know, we we talked about the SEC's decision to play conference only games and how it affected the Cajuns' revenue. You know, now I kind of want to talk about how it affects the conference as a whole. How does the conference handle the budgets of their individual programs without the money games? It is a question that is very difficult to answer. Uh, I mean, think about ULM, okay? No, I hate the bastards, but $3.2 million that they're losing on two SEC games this year and I think their annual revenue is like $12 million. Yeah, that's 25% of their budget. I mean, I don't understand how you... Like, I have zero idea how you plan 20, to recover from that. 25% of an athletic budget for a program that's already struggling. Right. You know, the end of ULM has been told umpteen times, right? Right. But this kind of feels like the nail. I mean, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's going to be the nail for a couple Southland schools, too. I think so. They're going to drop to they're gonna drop to D2. And not to just kill ULM, I mean, South's losing money. I think every program in the Sun Belt is really getting Well, yeah, it. South's losing money. They just dropped everything they had into that stadium. That's which, right. don't get me wrong, it is sick. Immaculate. It's nice. But, <laughs> oof. Not a great time to be building. I, you know, maybe it was all... Paid for. I don't know, but if you got a mortgage and you got to pay, and you were waiting on, you know, Mississippi Season State to help you pay or, for, right? Ugh, yeah, that's rough. Tough. I, I don't know, Matt. I think, I think we don't know the ram, ramifications uh, for a couple of years, but I, I think that there's going to be 
some fallout that uh, some of these programs are going to have to either cut other sports, collegiate, you know, and obviously Title IX can't be cut. So they're going to have to ax. We've already seen a few baseball teams around the country get, get axed. It's over. Yep. I mean, cut it all, cut it out altogether. Uh, where do you go from here is really the, the question. I mean, this is gonna this is going to snowball for quite some time. Not necessarily because of COVID and continuing, but you can't make budget for one year. You start borrowing here, or asking here, or milking donors here. I mean, people are just tapped, man. Yeah, you know, no, there's, there's. I would no say doubt. that about us. You know, I mean. Our donors, they're great people, and they're, they're fantastic. I mean, I, I know a ton of them, but at some point, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line of demarcation where I can't do anymore. Right. I, I've done everything I can. I mean, personal friends that we know are in that boat. Yeah, no. And, and it's terrifying even, and, and we're in relatively good shape compared to some of these SBC schools. So I wonder, you know, and, and, and again, just like Jay said, it's not like we have great leadership, man. Everybody's still up. Keith Gill has still hasn't said anything publicly about what the hell we're going to do. Right. Yeah. No. There, I don't feel led at all in this league. There, there's a whole lot of issues in New Orleans. A whole lot of issues in New Orleans. Um, and, and, and who, who could say with any type of peace behind the statement, we're going to navigate these waters. We have good leadership at the top. This is the plan. This is the plan. If the plan doesn't work, you haven't heard a damn thing. Right. And that's terrifying. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, it's it's an uncomfortable situation to uh, to be in. Cajun Nation, two more topics here before we close it out for the night. And this one is the $64 million question. <laughs> Do the Power Five conferences now push to play conference-only games Indefinitely. Well, I think that if they weren't already thinking about it, which if you pay attention real close, I think it was already on the table before COVID. But if they weren't, if it wasn't even in their mind, no no imagination whatsoever about staying within their conference, this is going to provide a template. It's going to be a trial run. And maybe they figure out, oh, we still sell our stadiums out. Oh, we still we, we still sell two and a half million dollars worth of beer in concessions. Oh, we still have TV rights that we can negotiate. We don't need to play out of conference games. We've always wondered about the separation with G five and P five. I think it is a slippery slope because it's showing them what they can do without the G five or just a you know run of the mill OOC game. Now, look, obviously, you want those big marquee games like a, a, an Alabama and a Clemson or a South, South Carolina and, uh, all of, and, and Clemson as well. It, those rivalries need to stay around for their revenue. It's, it's huge money getters. But, but, you know, Mizzou playing Louisiana? For what? Right. For what? You know, I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I mean it's a scary thought. Yeah, especially for programs like us who I, I don't want to say we depend on those money games, but... We don't necessarily... I mean, it's good. We have to do it still to this day, but we don't need two money games like Monroe does. Or, hell, like we even did five years like ago. We, yes. Obviously, we've made some, some good hires, and we've done well. Joe Savoy should be thanked. Uh, people like to kill him for all kinds of different things, but he should be thanked for the way that he's managed our money. Uh, we're in good shape, relatively speaking. You have got like, ULM and Georgia State, even, I know they're in Atlanta. They have some constraints. Dude, their basketball arena is an office building. Yeah, and they're good. That that's that tells me that you can't support that coach and those kids. The the, the only sport you really excel in. Now I understand that they were Division two and they did all their thing, but this is FBS. This is a totally different ball game. Okay. If you can't support your basketball team better than that, maybe it's the real estate cost in Atlanta. I don't know. Could you imagine playing basketball in the third floor of an office building? But Ron Hunter recruited to that shit and beat the hell out of us for six years. But you want to know why? Because he recruited dogs. And well, not only that, but because he is a recruiter. And he recruits. See, that to me, that's Bob's biggest problem. Bob's a great coach. 
He has trouble getting the right players in the door. I will say this. Bob Marlin, every single person I've ever spoken to on this topic, especially the ones that get mad at me for criticizing him, say he's an excellent man. He raises men. When he gets people through his door to be in his program, he raises men. We can identify that with Tony, obviously. Mm -hmm. So there's really not much you can say there, but performance on the court still matters, Matt. It still matters. It's, you know, I don't want to get too... Listen, I'm high on Bob right now because I think he's making the right moves. I like the roster. I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see. And I'm probably going to renew because I want to see what we can do. I'm excited about what we're building. I I am. That's the truth. At the same time, historically, you got to perform on the court. That's the job. Yes, the job is to get guys you can recruit. Recruiting guys that you can graduate. Recruiting men that are going to represent us well and be ambassadors. Absolutely, that's important. The job is to win. In today's in today's collegiate basketball, right? Am I wrong on that? No, not at all. You have to win. You have to win in the Sun Belt. You have to. Again, what coach in America gets three years to build something? I understand it was a disaster. I get that. You take away the first three years, and like Jay said, you got six years of good results. You got some mixed results. I need to see something soon. But I'm, I'm with it. I, I, I understand. I see the fruits of labor. I'm interested. I think that's good enough for now. I think it's good enough to be interested. That's a, that's a, that's a huge improvement from last year where it was hard to even give a care. Right. You know what that sound means, Cajun Nation. It's time for the final topic of the evening. Transitioning to football before we get out of here, Billy Napier is getting it done on the recruiting trail once again. Another top recruiting class in the conference. Man About Town, I know that you have all kinds of in-depth notes on our latest recruitments. So uh, I will let you have the floor on this one. Well, you know, with everything going on, it would be, I I don't know, acceptable to say, well, recruiting's taking a hit. Well... This is, a, this is a perfect example of having relationships. Billy Napier's got them. Rob Sale's got them. Jabbar Jaluk has got them. I mean, I, Rory Seagrass has got them. We can go down the list. We have, man, we have a staff, guys. God. Remember these days because they are the good old days. I'm just telling you. Uh, we, we just got Jalen Clark, an athlete out of Montgomery, Alabama, 6'2", 185, probably ends up as a safety. Uh... A lot of people don't really know who the guy is. Um, he doesn't really have a, a rating on 247. It, it means absolutely nothing. They saw him in the camp. They picked up a commitment. They're excited about him. When I say they, I mean the coaching staff. They're excited about them. You should be excited, excited about him too. Um, he, he just continues. <laughs> just or What do you even say? I mean, Napier, man. It's just you know, you know who I'm excited about if, if we're talking about kids we're, we're excited to to see in the Vermilion and White. There's a few of them recently. I'm excited about Hunter Herring. He is a quarterback out of a Washita Christian Academy in Monroe. Um, the kid had 52 total touchdowns last year. Yikes. 27 in the air and 25 on the ground. Yikes. He is the number 51 dual threat quarterback in the country. Is that right? In the country, he is number. He is the number fifty-three overall player in the state. Wow, he is 6'4", 220 pounds, two hundred pounds even. I'm sorry, but this kid, he's freaky fast. He's got a strong arm. He might get some playing time as a freshman. Hey man, I'm all about it. Who? Hey, who wants to step up and help us win? That's where I'm at. He might get playing time as a freshman. Man, you know the cupboard is is. It's not bare. After Levi, the cover is not bare, which is great. You know, uh, a, a dual threat is going to be. Exactly and what about wants. what about Mackie Milo, the big boy? I think I, I, think I said his last name correctly. Six eight, three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, man. On the O line. Uh, look, there, there's not there's not a shortage of exciting commits. You know, 
Some of these guys, I can't say their names, so I don't want to butcher anybody, but Caesar. CJ Caesar. <laughs> this kid's nasty. I don't care what you read. I don't care what, you, what, what video you see. I don't care what kind of bedazzled highlight clip that he puts on Twitter. This dude is... He's Real. going to be prime time. He's going to be the best. I'm telling you, before it's over, Caesar's going to be the best cornerback we've had here since Peanut. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Simeon, maybe. But Simeon was good because he had size, but he never got on the damn field because he was injured or suspended. Did you see that Buckley pissed him off today? Oh, God. Buckley. Buckley's. Oh, there's Simeon tweeted. Okay. Ryan Landry sent me this. Buckley says something. You know, you know how he puts that X Cajun thing yeah. on Twitter? Simeon just claps back. Dude, I'm sick of you. I don't play for UL no more. That's what he said. I swear to God. I, I laughed. Anyway, he's still in the league, still playing for the Skins. Oh, Is that excuse me? The Washington, Washington football team. He's still in the league and he's still grinding. So shout out to Simeon. But man, I just I, I love a good Twitter clapback. Anyway, Caesar's gonna be the real deal out of Iowa. I'm just telling you guys. Probably plays as a You know who else is going to be the real deal? Kendrell Williams. Oh, absolutely. From Karen Crow. Hey. And I'm going to tell you why. Nobody knows this. Insider scoop. You heard it here first. My brother is now one of his assistant coaches. What? So, Kendrell Williams is now going to be one of the best running backs Louisiana's ever seen. Well, Kendrell is from the Crow. And, look, Karen Crow High School is running back. H R B H Running back high school. He's the number fifty-five back in the country. That's unbelievable. According to twenty-four-seven sports. This is the thing I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Napier, is, Hud walked in here no, with I'm, all of his I'm bluster, sorry. and he talked about putting a fence around Acadiana. Napier didn't tell y'all that he was going to put a fence around Acadiana. He just went out and built the mother effort. You he understand what I'm saying? What I love, what I love, is that when he walked in in twenty seventeen. He said that he was going to recruit in a six-hour radius, and he is stuck to that. And not only is he doing it, he's succeeding. These kids are coming here. They want to be There's here. There's talent in our own backyard, Always and the previous been. staff never touched it. They were taking helicopter rides to North Alabama. Right. Or, sorry, North, uh, North uh, Mississippi. Right. But, look. And for what? It, it's on this one under the bridge, whatever. I, I'm looking at... Look, Herring's going to be a, bo- a baller. Oh, what? Clark's going to be a baller. Barnes is going to be a baller. Caesar, Williams, these guys, Zy McDonald. They McDonald, didn't talk about yeah. Zy McDonald. These are, these are legitimate D1. That, that's Levi Lewis 2.0 right there. Players. You know, the cupboard is not bare. Look, I don't think we've got Billy here for much longer, maybe two years at the most. I'm praying every night. I fast and COVID I pray to the gods and say, please keep Billy here. But I'm just telling you guys. This is the good old days. We have never had the depth that we have now. We just It's just not – it hasn't happened. And I, we have to appreciate what we've got. It's, it's such – I've joked and said that this is such a USL thing, that the best team we've ever – we're ever going to field happens during freaking pandemic. You know, it's just a, such a USL thing. But yep. I think Billy's going to – he's going to keep these guys focused – we're going to be okay if we get to – if they blow the whistle and we play football, I think we're going to be just fine. I, I really think that, uh, like Jay said, we're going to run the table. We're the best team in the league, and I don't think it's close, honestly. Cajun Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Region Review. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Region Review. You can email us, RegionReview at gmail.com. And you can find us www.ragingreviewpod.com. Two last notes, real fast. Congrats to Levi for being on yet another, another watch award list. watch list, the Manning Award watch list. Another one. Another one. It's unbelievable. Uh, PFF just released their uh, running back list in the country. <laughs> Forgot about this one. The Pride of Erath, Louisiana, number eight in the country. That's not in the league, that's not in the G5. That's number eight in the country, Eli Mitchell. Look out. We're coming. Absolutely. Like we said, follow us on all social media, RageAndReviewPod.com. Cajun Nation next week on Wednesday. Chris Lano joins us to break down the offense. We'll start the season preview. 
with the offense. Follow us. Be sure to tune into that one, and we will catch you guys soon. As always, go Cajuns. Go Cajuns.